Welcome back to the Total Focus Podcast. I'm your host, Paul. I'm so excited for our guest this week. She is the reigning Miss Ohio Collegiate America title holder 2020. Britton Bennett is on the show. I am so excited for you guys to listen and really be inspired by her. Her whole platform is about really preventing people from bullying other people and really showing people that everyone has differences and really promoting self-love and doing public appearances and really speaking to young people. Um, Unlike our typical episodes where we really deep dive into her personally, um, her mission is so important that we really focused on her. She even broke down um, my bullying as a young child. So I think you guys will be really inspired to learn more about Britain. And I hope you guys stay tuned and are really inspired by this entire episode. Our sponsor of the week is Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions. No matter if you need photos or videos, they are the team to get the job done. If you have a wedding, if you need photos, if you have a special event, you need photos, or if you need professional headshots, reach out to Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions. And if you have a video project, a wedding videography, or a commercial you need to shoot, they are the team to get the video jobs done. So make sure to reach out to Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions for your photo and video needs. And welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on the show, Britton. No, I, I'm telling you, this is the best part of my day. I am so excited. I can't wait. Well, um, you know, the best part is having um, all of your sister queens. I had your, your teen on now. I have um, yourself. I, I've had your director on. So I feel like I'm going down the list of all of your family um, uh, of delegates. So it's, it's, it's a fulfilling prophecy to finally have um, the leader of the pack um, on the show. So I appreciate you um, taking some time out. I know that quarantine has been rough for everyone and they've moved your pageant around. So um, I'm, I'm thankful that you had a little bit of time to, uh, to schedule this interview. And I know that Things have been crazy, and you, 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 had, you had mentioned before we started that you started a new job, so I'm really thankful that we could get this in, so. No, of course, yeah. With the pageant moving, it's been kind of difficult because for my pageant, I have a my whole other TBH nonprofit agency, which is where I go talk to students in school systems about anti-bullying, and so since everything has been canceled or moved back, all of my presentations have been rescheduled, so it's been kind of upsetting, but I finally am starting to get everything that I want on my schedule back on my schedule. Well, that must be awfully challenging to be um, focused on that particular topic and not really be able to speak on it because to put that age demographic in such a large spot wouldn't be smart, you know, for, for anyone to have that. Are you doing Zoom calls to, like, get the word out about treating everyone the right way at a young age or 
Or yeah, are you doing so like- the the way that we've been trying to reboot TBH is through Zoom meetings. I mean, when the pandemic started and everything started to cancel, there was no way that I was going to just barge in on everybody's personal business and try to get TBH on their schedules. But now that everything is, I don't want to say calming down, but people are starting to adjust to the new normal. I have been trying to get little things like this, things over phone calls, Zoom calls. I just had my first Zoom call about a week ago and it went so well. And I don't know, there's just something about seeing those kids' faces light up when they see me and just talking to them and hearing actual voices instead of sitting in my house. It was it was a magical moment for all of us. So I'm super excited to continue that until schools do open back up and I'm able to go and meet with them in person. Well, I, I imagine you're an extremely big role model for any young girls that are being bullied in school. I mean, they look at you and they probably think that you're so incredible, you know, that princess, you know, with the beautiful <laughs> dress on. So I'm sure they're probably really intimidated, but they're probably looking at you as like such a big role model too. So. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's so fun because I don't necessarily do pageants because of the crown and sash. I do it because of the impact I'm able to have on young kids. And like you said, when I do walk in in a pretty dress and a crown and sash, they think I'm a princess and they immediately listen to what I have to say, which is a great megaphone. It gives me kind of like a sense of authority but i make sure to use that authority in a positive way and i always let the little girls and boys try on my crown and sash make sure that they're having an amazing time and really listen to what they're going through because we're all going through our own separate things and i want to help as much as i can well what's the defining reason to do pageants and how did you get into it were you into um changing your community really young and was that something that was always impacting you yeah so i grew up in a family that always put other people before themselves and growing up and going through high school specifically i did little pageants when i was a baby but obviously i do not remember that but throughout high school i was bullied to the point where i told my parents that i didn't want to live anymore and through that i knew that I started changing myself for other people because, again, I grew up in this family that always wanted to make other people happy, always tried to help other people when they could. And so when people weren't happy with me, I immediately put their emotions before mine, which is a pro and a con because at the end of the day, it ended up having me lose myself and trying to change myself to make other people happy, which is something nobody should do. So I knew that I had a choice and I could let the bullies win, take my own life, or I could use my experiences to go out and help other people. And again, with my previous experience in pageants at like two years old, I didn't remember exactly what they were for or why I was doing them, but I knew that they had like a megaphone. When you win a pageant, it gives you this platform to continue to promote what you're passionate about. And I started my anti-bullying nonprofit and I knew that pageants would give me a way of speaking to more students and having younger kids listen to me and whether that be on a state level or a national level going to nationals this year as Miss Ohio Collegiate America it is my goal to be Miss Collegiate America because of all of the traveling opportunities and you're traveling once or twice a week to a whole different state a whole different country and that to me is an opportunity to talk to more kids an opportunity to positively impact somebody every single day 
I know looks are not something that we really should focus on the show, but it just baffles me because, um, in all sincerity, you're probably one of the most gorgeous girls that I've interviewed and I hope that I get to work with. And for you to sit here and say that you were on the prevalence of feeling like you wanted to kill yourself because people were picking on you, that is so devastating. And to me, it just shows that you can be as gorgeous as possible and people still will pick on you. So that just shows how nasty kids can be because it's really a kid's thing because I think as an adult, um, people use beauty to their advantage. Like, you know, like they might manipulate a a gorgeous woman or, or, or vice versa, but that's really just horrible that kids would, you know, like basically put you out the pasture like they don't re- like that's just like horrible but you that that look shouldn't be the defining factor but like that would just be to me it would just be tragic like so thank you so much for i just don't know how to like i don't know how to like summarize <laughs> it that doesn't sound because look should yeah, not no, be I the defining. yeah i totally get it so when i was in high school i was that girl i wore fake eyelashes i did my hair and makeup every single day i wore a dress and a pair of heels every day to school and i knew that i had i was i always tried to be that positive bubbly person and i don't know what i did i never knew what i did i always asked my mom i would be bawling my eyes out at dinner some nights just screaming why why me why are people hating me all i want to do is be that positive person in their life. I just want to help people. I want to be the best version of myself that I could be. And it, it made me realize that there was nothing wrong with me. There was something wrong with the person that was bullying me, whether that be jealousy, whether that just be, there's something going on inside them that hurts them and they don't like seeing somebody else happy because they're not happy. I never, I will never understand why what happened to me happened to me. But I do know why I was put on this earth. And I know why I wake up every single day doing what I do. And it's because I know that I can have a positive impact on at least one other person. And you brought up the point that it doesn't really matter who you are. You can be put in that negative situation. And that's something that I try and tell these kids. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do. If you're in the band, if you're a football player, if you're a cheerleader, if you're a homecoming attendant, it doesn't matter who you are you can be a victim of bullying, whether that be in-person, cyberbullying, anything, but you also are able to overcome it. So you should never let any negative situation in your life be a full negative situation. Again, I'm a positive person. I try to find the positive in everything. And even when I was at that lowest point in my life, literally looking at myself in the mirror, wondering if I should wake up the next day, I still try to find the positive and I'm happy I did because I'm here talking to you and I'm able to share my message. But that positive is that you're able to have a positive impact on somebody else and show them that they can overcome it and show them that there is positivity and beauty every single day. You just have to find the will to find it. You always have to think that there's more positive than negative. And I want to be a part of that. I I absolutely agree with you that, um, you got to really stay in the positive. I mean, um, when I was growing up, I was heavily bullied. So, uh, in fact, um, it came to a point in my middle school, middle school in Maryland is, uh, seventh, uh, sixth, seventh and eighth. 
and mm-hmm. they uh, would let me um, be the last student to class so I wouldn't have to walk with the students. That's how much they they would actually beat me every day. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, it, it's a very challenging uh, situation in middle school. Uh, primary, were your challenges in middle school or did you have more challenges in high school? I think middle school is the hardest for kids because it's that time where they're trying to figure out who they are and people are very judgmental about it. Um, so I did have a little bit of bullying in middle school, but when I was a freshman, that's when it just took off in sophomore years when I was really, really low. Um, if you're okay with um, talking about it, but I would love to hear kind of more about your story. I know this is about me, but I would love to hear more about how you overcame what you went through because I personally was never physically bullied. I was cyber bullied. I was, there was a bit of indirect bullying where people would leave me out on purpose and rumors were spread, but I would really appreciate hearing more about you and trying to learn more from your experiences. Oh yeah, of course. Um, I feel that I'm well adjusted and, and have come out on the other side, uh, a much stronger person. So I feel I can definitely speak upon it. Um, I do have a weird um, way to explain how we kind of dealt with it from a school perspective. Um, I was always raised never to um, uh, attack the kids, so the kids felt that they had a one-up on me because I wouldn't attack them. And I'm a very overweight kid, um, and I'm I'm still very chubby now. Um, I've gone up and down, but... um, I had a point where the the administration actually came to me and said, um, the students that are assaulting you are our worst students. So um, it is your choice. We can't tell you, but if you want to defend yourself, we will, you know, not, you know, suspend you or whatever. So they basically, and this is, um, I mean, I graduated high school in 2000 so middle school would be like 1995 96 97 or or 94 95 so it may have not been the most appropriate thing but they basically gave me free reigns to beat the living crap out of the kids um but that was probably um after multiple beatings like i expressed there came to a point where they wouldn't even let me walk with the students because they had so many students in the middle school that they had them farm out to these um, exterior buildings, those those um, uh, trucker building, the, the the like the exten- extension. So there was a portion of the the middle school that there was a blind spot, and everyone that's where everyone would fight. And uh, they, for some reason, they couldn't have a teacher there for some reason. I have no reason why, you know. Um, So it would, man, I I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if it Mm -hmm. rationalized to make sense to you at all. Um, No, it does. But then the the kids definitely stopped picking on me. Um, Transitioning into high school, there really wasn't, like, Going into high school, there was no issues. I don't know if it mm-hmm. was more diversity in students. Um, I know 
where I grew up, there was a lot of of African Americans. I had a lot of emo um, um, groups of, of children, a lot of jocks. So we had very the only demographic we didn't have at the time was a lot of of uh, Mexicans. But at the um, last couple of years, we of my high school, we did have some Mexicans. We had a lot of Asian population. So, but the diversity was more than in, in high middle school. school. No, in yeah. high school. Okay. And I think that was probably what made it more um, normal, I guess, and not. So, would you say that the like teachers did the teachers ever do anything other than tell you that you could hit them back? Like, was there that was from the administration, they... not from the teachers? I think there was a okay. lack of the teachers at that point, fundamentally understanding that they had to do their job and actually protect the students. Because looking back at it, if the teachers would have actually been in the hallways and monitoring the students, there's no way that any... It would have gotten that far. Yeah, exactly. And people... Yeah. And to be honest, looking back at it, all the people that were very violent towards me, all died of heroin o- overdoses or died of some kind of drug. So they were mentally, um, to be just straight up, um, they were mentally um, unha- uh, unhinged, is there, I think, the right word. So um, there was definitely something like, they knew that these kids were coming from really broken homes. Right. So like, like you were saying, the reason why these kids are picking on you is nothing against you personally. It's something that they're lacking, they seeing. Exactly. That, so, I mean, I mean. When so. it comes to bullying, I feel like, again, I my middle school was, I'm trying to think, maybe 2008 or so, like my middle school, like going into it. Oh, and don't make me feel so bad, okay? I'm 38. No, I'm not. Stop, I'm not stop, 70, stop. okay? <laughs> no, I totally get it, but I do think that there is a difference because when you were bullied, kind of, you meant you mentioned it. You said that when you got into high school, it was kind of done. It kind of just trickled down into nothing, and people were more accepting. It was a more diverse environment. Um, but when I was in middle school, that's when social media and technology became huge. That's when all of the kids started to get cell phones and iPads and iPhones and things like that. And so I think they're, the thing that's really, really hard right now is that technology is something that we really depend on every single day. And the bullying that occurs at school, you can never get rid of it because you leave and you go home and somebody may post about it. Somebody may text you about it. Somebody may be saw a video or like took a video of what happened at school and posted it. And now it's just haunting you for 24 hours a day. And for me personally, it was cyberbullying. It was hundreds of anonymous messages on a social media site called ask FM. And so I didn't know if it was 100 individual people messaging me, telling me that I, if I didn't dress up every day, nobody would know who I was. If, like all my friends are fake and I shouldn't come to school because nobody likes me. I didn't know if that was a hundred people or if that was one person sending a hundred messages. And again, I was never beat up. And I think it's because it's hard to actually go up to somebody and say it face to face or 
actually physically hurt them, but it's extremely easy to sit behind a telephone or sit behind a screen and say mean things about somebody. Or but that's a difference in the it's a difference in in um female to male violence. Male and male male violence is usually in person. Um just the way our makeup is men usually punch someone in the face and then you can take them out and have a beer with them. Yeah, for sure, I don't yeah. usually see a girl writing a nasty comment and then like they make up like they hold right. it forever. Um, like Absolutely. I could, I could literally punch the person in the face um, and take my full aggression out on the person. And then I'll be like, let's just get a beer. You know, like I've already like settled it. Like, but I don't see that. Normally, from a woman's perspective, I see them hold that grudge much longer, and that's fine. I mean, there's, I mean, I, I, there's nothing wrong with it. I just, I think that there's a men deal with anger a much different way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Actually, I am part of the Ohio Health Department. Um, There are bullying statistics and mental health on teens. I try and help in any way I can with them, and I'm actually sitting with them, like figuring out statistics, figuring out ways that we're able to approach different situations in schools. And what I have learned is exactly what you said, that men and women and all other people, people deal with what they're going through differently. And so bullying, indirect bullying and cyberbullying, women, girls, that percentage is so much higher. And physical bullying in general is actually decreasing. But the percent that is still there is typically done by males. And I don't know what it is about us girls, but girls are vicious. They are so rude. And if you are different in any, any way, they will find something to pick on. And I don't understand why that's a thing. I mean, everybody's different in their own ways. Nobody knows what normal is, but I think normal is boring. And so (laughs) when people try and tell me that I should do this because of this or do that because of that, I just look at them and say, no, I don't want to because I'm my own person. And so that's something I definitely try and promote with the young kids. But when I go into a classroom that's full of girls, boys, adults, young kids, like the diversity is there, yet there's the same issue of people aren't allowed to be different. And I will never understand why, but all we can do at this point is promote that different is cool. Being different is what makes you unique. It was, it's what sets you apart. And Nobody can be you. You can always be a copycat of somebody else, but nobody's going to be as good as you are. I guess with my age, I've come to realize, and perspective is a big thing that um, you learn as you get older, but I've truly have come to the, un- the understanding that what really matters is understanding the broad spectrum of the situation and um, and really dealing with it because when you're younger, you don't really see those those long projective and you don't understand what's going on. And the biggest thing um, that you have to deal with is change. And from a society thing, change is such a big thing. And mm-hmm. people don't want to deal with change. Like the biggest thing in our country is going from a paid health insurance to universal health care and we pay for it in insurance and people are so scared that that would be such a bad thing and this is, doesn't have to be a politics thing but like each of them have very valid things but 
the simple fact that you don't pay for your insurance directly is such a fundamental thing that is scared for people that it causes so much like anger. Um, but in some countries, it's one of the most positive things that's ever occurred in the country. I mean, you your name is named a- named after one <laughs> of the greatest countries that has universal health care. And right. I've traveled there several times and there is no um, there's no um, risk of going to that country and, and being, and being sick because you know that you're going to be okay. Um, but if you travel in this country anywhere and you just are uninsured or under or little, you know, not have enough insurance, um, or you don't have enough money, then you're pretty much running a risk, a highly big risk. So, and it, yeah. I don't I don't know how to change. I think that's just that's a human thing. We don't like change at all. And it's just that's a very fundamental thing. I mean, here's here's the thing they've been arguing about for 3 years is expanding football season from from 17 weeks to 18 weeks. And they keep on arguing about it. Like <laughs> it's just right. one k- it's just one it's game. One week. It's one right. game, but oh my god, it's such a big deal. Oh yeah, my god. And you never know why. Like why does change have to be so scary? Like Right. Yeah, like our country was built a certain way. Yes, people have been doing the things that they've been doing for years, but sometimes that doesn't mean it's right or it's mm-hmm. the best way. I mean, I think us as humans it's our it's our job to take what we've learned and then progress. And to progress, you have to change. Change should not be necessarily scary. It should be something we're looking for. Like we should always be changing. We should always try to get better. And I personally agree with your views um, politically with, I don't think that our health um, and our bodies should be seen as a business. I think everybody should be able to live and not have to worry about getting sick and not being able to pay for it. Um, But there's levels of change in the fact that one week of a football season is causing such a riot, it shows that there's something, the actual change that we as humans need to make is the change of not being scared of change. Right. If that makes sense. <laughs> right. I mean, the one thing that life, I mean, it's hard as a young child not to understand this because your life is so short at that point right. to, to truly understand is that that life unfortunately continues to change. Eventually, you'll lose those grandparents, and then you'll lose your parents, and and then hopefully before you lose your parents, you have a significant other. Um, otherwise, you're all by yourself, and then um, your kids will grow up, and they will leave the house. So life is all about change. I know this is mm-hmm. like such a deep, like sad, like conversation, but it's so truthful. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think about it, by the time, like, like as a photographer myself, by the time I acquire all of the, the stuff, it's because it's stuff that I might want to have now, life will probably be over. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and then, like, someone else will get my stuff. <laughs> right, right. It's, no, it's such sense. a, like, you know, it's, it's like, because you can't take it with you, because even if you do inhabit another human body, like, you, you come back as an 
you know it's not like oh, i'm gonna will it to my my, <laughs> that'd be my so future good. self this is to my yeah. future self hopefully you find that <laughs> exactly you know um it, you know that it sucks i i don't want to stop i i don't want to go back to school like that yeah. like i <laughs> i don't no it, i can agree with it you has nothing to do with I, like i, I can deal with there. yeah i can deal with the bull i don't i just don't want to like i don't want to go to school for another 18 mm-hmm. years like well yeah. and uh, that's what sucks is like these these students they think that this is just their lives like when i was in high school i thought those were gonna be the best four years of my life and like I would always want to go back, and now that I'm out and I'm in college, I'm like, I would never go back there if I had to. Like, I there's just some there's some parts of your life that don't necessarily have to be remembered in a positive way, but you just have to learn. You have to live, and you have to learn, and you have to move forward. You have to change. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, also there are some fundamental things that like are just incredible. Like, um, they teach you history the same history like 10 times over the course yeah. of 18 years like they teach you u.s history i mean u.s history does not change <laughs> yeah it doesn't yeah. change and then if you and then if you want to take i just wanted to have some more history classes in, co- in college um because i but it doesn't change it's just now now we got to remember more more details but like the war is still the same we're still yeah. talking about the war of 1812 it's just more we're talking about you know more details and you know it's just like it's such a um it's just interesting and then there are things mm-hmm. that you learn from a fundamental fundamental thing like math that depending on the industry you go into you really don't even really apply so it's very right. wasted efforts and learning stuff that from a get-go like some kids don't really need to learn how to do such long division when they might just be a plumber and there's nothing and plumbers right. make $150,000 a year so we're not talking yeah. about people that are like poor they're probably the some of the most productive um middle class and at $150,000 saying they're middle class that's Right. Uh, <laughs> middle class is like $50,000 a year. Um, you know, the high middle. Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. High so middle. I mean, right, right, right. Um so I I just there there're just things there are things that need to be again that need to be adapted and changed. So mm-hmm. I can agree. So I just wanted to take one second from this great interview and talk about our sponsor of the week, Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Productions. No matter if you're planning a wedding, a special event, or you just need an amazing headshot, they are the team to get the job done. You can reach out to them at 443-422-3830. Again, that's 443-422-3830. Or you can go just go right to their website at mavpp.com. Now let's get right back to the show and listen to this great interview. Well, I hope I haven't um, taken over your highlight of your show. I feel like I brought you on as a guest, Britton, and uh, we haven't even really talked about yourself. I, I know <laughs> no, you're really pat. No, I, I know. 
um, you're very passionate about bullying and preventing bullying, bullying, bullying. Um, so I, I really would like to learn more about you, but if you would like to focus on that topic the entire time, we can, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I could definitely bring up like a little bit about TBH and like what we have done, the more positive side of things, because I feel like we just went on a whole rabbit hole of just negativity and we got to bring that positivity back. <laughs> well, also, I mean, honestly, if, you're more than welcome to be a guest and talk as long as you want. I we can do. A, I know your time today specifically is very tight, but we could yeah. we could we could honestly do a whole episode about that topic. So. Oh yeah, let's do it. Put me on the schedule again. Okay. We'll focus this part on me, and then the next one will just be like random talks with Britt. <laughs> All right, that's great. So this is the only pageant that you've you've only done then that you've only that, well. So you Actually, did you did some ones so when I've you were a, younger, you said. Yes. And then um, in 2015, this is going to sound so weird. Um, in 2015, which was the year that I was at my lowest point and the year that I decided to start TBH, my anti-bullying nonprofit, I was appointed a title and it was Miss Michigan High School America. So right now I am Miss Ohio Collegiate. At the time, there was no Michigan pageant, so there was just a title open that I was able to take, and I took it. And being from Ohio, you do not want to be a Michigan fan, and I was Michigan, and that was not okay. Um, definitely, it was hard to get presentations and stuff, but now that I'm Ohio Collegiate, it was great. But the um, High School America system was the first system that I actually – tried and really wanted to win and learn and the reason behind that is because the national platform is the brave platform brave stands for building respect and values for everybody it is a anti-bullying platform which is perfect for what i do and so this is the first system that i ever started in and i'm so happy i am back i have competed in the miss ohio usa system for a couple years um but this is the system that I truly am passionate about because it actually aligns with what I'm trying to do. And I know that just from a just from like a fundamental perspective, is that what you mean? Yeah, basically it just aligns more with who I am as a person, because I mentioned before, I don't do pageants because it's a sparkly crown and sash. I don't do it because of the pretty dresses I can wear on stage. I don't do it because of, I don't know. I don't do it because it's a pageant. But I think of it as a business opportunity. I think of it as a way to impact other people. Okay, so I'm, I, I want to butt in and say this. If, no, it, okay. if it is a business opportunity, in yes. all sincerity, because of the amount of power you do have with your looks, I really would encourage you, after you win the national title here, that you need to go and win USA in your local state because... There's no reason why you, from a looks perspective, and clearly from an educational perspective, there's no reason why you can't win USA because uh-huh. you're more than qualified. Because, to be honest, if they don't pick you to be the national representative, they're really, really challenging themselves not to pick you. Like, they'd have to really be insane not to pick you. You really you are. <laughs> you, no, but, like, you stand, like – if there's a group of trees, you're the standout tree. I mean, there, I mean, you, when you look at it, when you look at a bunch of athletes, you know who the person is going to be the person who hits 50 home runs or bats 400 or drives in 200 runs. There are just, 
looking at the competition from a photo perspective and like from a talent, you already have the organization, you're well-spoken, you're dedicated, you're, you have, you're going to college. You're very, very attractive. The, the dresses like look like, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but they always, designers always say that we make a dress and the dress has to fit the girl. The, the dress doesn't, you know, it does the, the dress, I built. I make a dress, and the dress has to fit the girl. It's not the, the It's not right. the other way around. So the they just you know they fit you. So like that's why I think like from just from a marketing standpoint, I know national title is going to be great um, with collegiate. But if you can, if you can come back and also win USA, which I totally is plausible. Totally, in my opinion, absolutely. Like Thank it you. could be huge for your organization. Oh, thank you. I, I mean, is that is that like the is that your philosophy? Is do you think I, that's? I mean, any okay pageants when they were built. When pageants were built, it was supposed to be on. Um, it was more based on what you looked like. Mm-hmm. But now it's not. If I'm completely honest, it's not about what you look like. It's about what you're able to do with it. And if that, I do think I have great interview skills. But at the same time, I think that what I do is what's more impressive. It's I've never looked at myself and said, yes, I know I look good in this dress. I'm going to use it to my advantage. I'm going to win a pageant because of what I looked like. I, if you saw me like five years ago when I started competing in pageants, I was a hot mess. I, <laughs> I do not look anything like I did then. I have lost a lot of weight. Actually, I have tried to focus on how I thought even diamonds have I to be sh- to look. even diamonds have to be shined up okay they are in yeah, they are I in dirt that. you know I just think that they are made out of coal the they are made out of coal so yeah I just think that a judge anymore pageants aren't about what you look like they're really not they're not about what you look like at all it's about what you are gonna do with your title well that's and why I do think that I'm very I have a very large passion and I have an organization and yeah you you're right about that, but a different judge panel could think something different about every girl. And so but that's why whoever I, wins is meant to win. But that's my point that you already had the organization. My my mm-hmm. best friend is Adriana David, and she one of the things that always helped her is that she already had the foundation. She was right already raising money. She already made a big impact. She was already doing public speaking. She was already doing on and so when the judges said what are you going to do she had the comment well i'm already affecting change regardless if i win the title or not i'm going to continue doing this because it's my passion i'm going to do this because i want to save my my cousin's life i'm going to i'm going to continue doing this regardless winning this title only allows me to to bring more people to the organization so i would exactly i would hope that you would kind of use that to your own advantage because I think that's what the judges want to hear. They don't want you to say, and when I'm in the room and I'm judging the girl, I don't want the girl to say that um, the title is a way for me to start something and a, a way to get the word out. I want the girl to say that, well, regardless if I win or lose, I'm going to be doing this either way. And the title is just right. a part, is just something to help get it more. And I assume you already know that. I'm sure you have a wonderful passion. I was going to say, you. I think you just answered my own question. Like, if that's exactly what I say. I mean, 
I have a large Instagram following. I have everything that I ever need to have my organization be successful. But the reason why I go to pageants and the reason why I do what I do is because I know that there are opportunities that that title would give me that I wouldn't be able to have in the first place, which would then let me to continue what I do now, but on a larger level. And another thing is that the reason why I do pageants is because there are girls just like me that need somebody to look up to. There are girls and boys and kids across the nation that need somebody to look up to. And if a pageant title is what's going to get me into another school, if that crown and sash is what's going to have a child listen to me and listen to what I have to say, I want it. And I want to do that because that's all I care about is helping people and helping kids. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And um, I just would encourage you to continue with that mindset because it's just a positive way to uh, really get what you want at the end of life, you know, because um, passing on those good things will always come back to you, you know. Mm -hmm. Two goods will always help you when you need it, you know, so. Yeah. I just wanted to take one extra second and talk about our sponsor of the week, Mid-Atlantic Video and Photography Production. No matter if you're planning a wedding and you need a wedding videographer, you're doing a music video, or you're doing commercial, they are the team to get the job done. You can reach out to them at 443-422-3830. Again, that's 443-422-3830. Or you can go right to their website at mav. PP.com. Now let's get right back to this great interview. All right, Britton. Um, this is the portion of the show where I let you mention anything that we haven't really talked about. I know we've really jumped all over the place, um, which is great because we're having a, a real conversation and it's not scripted, which I love. Um, yeah, of course. What are some key things that we haven't really talked about yet that we need to make sure the audience knows about you, about yourself, your platform. And is there anything going on that maybe because of the pandemic, unfortunately can't come see you in person, but are there some zoom meetings or some virtual meetings that um, you, you can attend that uh, maybe a child is struggling with it and um, they could uh, get some advice from you. Yeah, of course. So I think one thing that I really want to touch on that we haven't talked about at all, and well, we brought it up a little bit, but what I would like to continue talking about is the importance of social media education for parents. I know right now with the pandemic, a big issue was that since everything got canceled and everybody was sitting in their houses, we gravitate towards our phone for entertainment. We gravitate towards a laptop to get our work done. We gravitate towards the TV to watch a movie with the family. But what people aren't understanding is that that piece of technology is so powerful and you have a choice to use it for good or bad. I know that people are going through different things um, during this time that could be really hurting them. And I really encourage people to take their social media to use that negativity to fuel a positive light for other people. Um, Be a smart parent day is a effort that I spearheaded all about educating parents on social media, because my family has no idea how to use 
technology. All they have is Facebook and that's all they use. Um, I just taught my mom how to use Instagram and Snapchat and social media is my job. So it's kind of crazy that my family doesn't know how to use it, but SMART is an acronym that stands for social media awareness, respect, and timing. Educate yourself on social media, remind your kid to respect themselves and all others on social media, and encourage technology timeouts. Because again, we are all at home sitting on our technology. I'm talking to you right now on my cell phone. We need time to take a mental break and go walk around and enforce face-to-face communication. If there was any way that I could fly to you and do this podcast in person, I would so rather do that because it's just a way for me to turn everything else off and talk to somebody. And I think and that's I would enjoy that forgetting. I would love, I would absolutely enjoy having a, a say a uh, one-on-one conversation. Um, we'd have to have it with mask or big, uh, plastic shield, sadly, but um, yeah. But you know what? I will sit 20 feet away, and it would still – it would just be face-to-face communication. I don't know about you, but I've been really lacking that, and uh, I miss Yeah, it. me too, big time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just different. I mean, I grew up at a – like, it was that in-between stage where I did have that time where I would go hang out with friends. I wasn't sitting on my phone, but my younger sister, when she grew up, she was on her iPad. She was FaceTiming people. She never really – knew the importance of talking to somebody face to face. And I think the newer generations are like scared to talk to people and instead they want to text you instead of calling you, they'll text you. And it's like, this could have been so much easier if you would have called me or like came to my house, but here we are texting for hours because we need something figured out. And so if there are any parents or even children listening to this right now, remember that technology isn't your life. Your life is your life. And meeting somebody face-to-face, there's just a different emotional impact that you're able to have, not only on somebody else, but on yourself. And just try to use social media in a positive way. There's enough negativity out there. Try and use your life as a positive for somebody else. I mean, I can't agree with you more. Um, I think it's, to be honest, um, you're the last generation, because I graduated in 2000. Uh, Mm -hmm. You graduated in 2010 2017 (laughs) 17 okay so yeah yeah, you're definitely the last generation that really understands fundamental like face-to-face conversation and i probably would say that every generation that proceed you know every generation after you they probably will have very little to no face-to-face interaction yeah, and I think that it's our job as the older generations, I guess you could say, is to teach them. You need to remind them because they have, they'll have no idea. I am walking in a grocery store one day, and there is a mom that has a tiny kid in a stroller, and the little kid is sitting on a phone playing games the entire time. And I'm like, wow, like I never knew that that's just like the new normal. There's so many new normals that we need to address and adapt to, but – There's also things that we need to encourage, like talking to people and not being. But that doesn't have like those little things. You don't like. I mean, those are society norms that like that parents just choose to do. Like you don't have you don't have to get like this 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 over um, coddling of children. You, You don't have to give your child a cell phone at 11. I mean, and, and I will really, really extremely argue the fact that 
there's no way it's more dangerous now than it was when I grew up or when my parents grew up when literally they would have to go to a payphone or go to someone's right. physical house. It was 100% more dangerous, okay? So there's no reason that a kid needs a cell phone. I yeah. mean, like everybody. The only thing that I, I had a cell phone when I was in fourth grade, but it was because I was in sports. And the only thing that I could do on it was text my mom when she needed to pick me up. That was it. There was no internet attached to the phone. There was none of that. But now these kids are getting cell phones at first grade, kindergarten, with all of the internet access, all of the no, social media apps. No. And they're able to just be do whatever they want. And the parents have no idea. If I have a kid, they're going to get the crappiest phone in the world. I, mean, I don't care if they get picked on for it. They, A phone for a kid is for them to call me, and that's it. And that, I mean, it, sound, it sounds like we're on the same philosophy on that. Like, mm -hmm. you, you know. For sure. Another thing that I always try, because I do presentations for parents, I try and teach them about social media apps, like how to keep their kids safe, how to turn off locations, things like that. And one of the main things that I try and tell them is that social media itself is not bad. You should not be that parent that's taking away everything from your child because that's going to make them rebel against you and hate you. And what you need to do is trust them and teach yourself and teach them how to use it correctly. Because like you mentioned, parents are kind of like scared to be, I don't know, kind of scared to be old fashioned. Like they want to be hip and trendy and they want to fit in with the other parents. But what they're not understanding is that that cell phone and the access that you're giving your child to strangers and the locations that those strangers are getting from your child, that is scary and you have no idea. So if you educate yourself and educate your child on how to use it correctly, there's no reason why your child shouldn't have social media at a teenage age. Children should not have social media regardless, but I think teenagers are able to have social media once they're educated and once the parents are educated for sure. I have a great way, Britton, that you can relate to older parents. Ex just say the word, what about girls that only go to Catholic school and then are left out into the real world? We all know from a male perspective that Catholic girls are way more, much more fun than non-Catholic girls that went to Catholic school, okay? And maybe that's just a male perspective, but... Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so Catholic girls that go to Catholic school are told they have to dress a certain way, and when they are, when the, 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 uh, the, the, the um, police um, handcuffs are taken off, they're the wild childs that get tattoos and, like, oh, are, okay. are, yeah, are, ra that. are ragers, they drink, or they... They typically are the ones that have all the permissive sex. So the same comment that you're making, um, it's not the more that you prevent someone, the more they're going to double down on it. So Yeah, I just can, think that you, there needs to be trust. There's no, you don't have to be a helicopter parent. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be super laid back, chill, let your kid run your life. You have to have that in between. You have to adjust what's going on in the world. You have to understand what is the new normal and try and just hope and pray that your kid will understand and listen to you. And as a parent, you have that authority to make them listen to you. But you also need to have the authority on yourself to understand that they are a growing person going through this weird time and they need 
some space, but they also need to be educated and understand. And that's where you come in and you have the power to change them however you would like and however they need to be to be successful in the real world. But I also think there's a lot of pressure from parents to think that um, they can't make mistakes because it's their child. So, and you know, they don't want to be marked as, Oh, we're one of those horrible parents because we screwed up a child and then we overprotect the the middle child and then the third child comes and we just, you know, we we just roll over. I mean, that's the stereotype of having three kids. The first one, we screw up. The second one, we hover over and we we try to we try to make up for all the things we didn't do and then we're so uh we're so overwhelmed by the first two that the third one literally gets whatever they want. I mean, right. there's even, <laughs> there's so many movies and there's, there's this uh, TikTok recently, um, how the, uh, how the third one gets whatever they want. I, um, David yeah. Dobrik just did the, did the skit where, you know, he's the oldest and then he has two middle childs and then he has a younger brother. I saw that. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I just, from personal experience, my parents when I was when I literally sat them down at dinner and told them I didn't want to live anymore my parents felt like failures they felt like they knew they did all that they could to make me successful I am the first child they did all that they could as parents to make sure I was successful but the one thing that they didn't do was learn about what the online world consists of and how negative it can be and how it can completely change your child's life because they don't have to go to their parents to talk to them about everything that's going on in their lives anymore. Like I didn't tell my parents anything that was going on because I felt like I could deal with it myself. And I felt like they wouldn't understand. I didn't feel like they could relate to me in that way. So having parents learn about social media and learn what their child might be going through, it'll open up the door for conversation and that trust will be there between you and your child. And you guys can deal with things together instead of having them deal with it separately and you feeling like you're a failure of a parent because my parents weren't a failure i just didn't tell them anything because i didn't feel like they could relate exactly if they if they don't know that you're struggling with something how can they actually help you so well another thing is if i am struggling about something and i try and tell them but they don't have any idea what social media is or why i care so much how why would i even tell them it would just make me feel even worse so just trying to be considerate of your child and learn and understand how dangerous it can be that will make them feel better and make them feel like talking to you about it is actually worth something but there are fundamental truths like um the um the pencil is stronger than the sword and that is what social media is social media is all words so that that pencil even though it's a keyboard um is much more um divisive than any sword has been um and you have a choice everybody has a choice exactly i mean and wars in in general are fought over very little things like most of the time they're fought over land money and women uh and to, i mean that's literally majority of what things are are argued about and if you think about in high school they're argued about girlfriends money and like and like brand you know like i'm the i'm the i'm the the jock of the school or or i'm the hottest girl you know 
And if they don't physically like we established, they do it by using the pen. So, mm-hmm. and it's so much easier to use a pen when you don't have to do it right in front. Right, of it's very else. much cleaner. It's it's yeah. cleaner on your end because it doesn't get it doesn't ruffle it doesn't it doesn't rip it doesn't rip your dress, you know. And it's 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 anonymous because it's it's even worse. I mean, you know, it was mm-hmm. much more devastating when you had to be in person. So, right. well, um, is there anything else that we really um, want the the listeners to know more about you? Or uh, I know other your time- than just go visit my um, Instagrams at tbh nonprofit on Instagram if you guys would like to tune into any live streams or learn more about my presentations once schools open up. I would love to talk to you and put something on the schedule. And uh, I will definitely have Britain back on for a more longer discussion. Um, clearly this was not enough time and um, just, I appreciate your time so much and I thank you for coming on the show. No, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Britain, for coming on the show. Um, there are very rare people that I get to interview that I'm so inspired by and, and I'm really excited for you. I know your national pageant was delayed and, um, is now rescheduled. So I'm really happy for you and I really wish you the best and I hope they don't delay it again, uh, because of COVID and I hope they proceed and, I, I, like I said on the show, I can't imagine a better person to win the national title. And uh, I wish you the best. And uh, I really hope for you to come back on as your national title holder representing Collegiate America. And um, I look forward to that conversation. Don't forget all of my absolute amazing listeners that we have two shows on this total focus feed one is the podcast and one is our movie review show called the movie breakdown with my co-host Yvonne Carlos so if you're loving deep dives conversations with actors and models and pageant contestants then please check in with our podcast called the total focus and then if you love movies then stay tuned and please listen to our movie breakdown for all of our movie discussions. So for myself and my co-host, Yvonne Carlos, and for my lovely guest today, Britton Bennett, I appreciate you listening, and I hope for you guys to all stay tuned and listen to our next episode.